Hashem, welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night shir. Tonight shir, the Shabbos, Hakapan of the Shabbos. Totally confused here. Shir, of course, so is dedicated to Nachman Yaakov and Tzvi Hirsh. Hello, Shalom. Lahavdom, Yvadlo. I'd like to dedicate Shir Samuel also to the Bas uh, Mitzvah, upcoming Bas Mitzvah. A milestone. Person reaches a milestone in life. Oh, it's not good. It's, it's, um, it sounds like I have background music here. <coughs> It shall be held tomorrow night in Mitzvah Hashem Shetayim Mitzvahas. The challah baking, all the young ladies and the women that will come together to make challah those for Shabbos. Habalim Teva. Sorry, this Shabbos Pashas Lech Lecha. And of course, the prominence of the date of the week. It's today is Ches Cheshvan, with yesterday being Zayin Cheshvan. <coughs> Many times we've spoken the significance of Zayin Cheshvan. Um, significance in a plus and a minus way. Our brethren at Israel begin on Zayin Cheshvan to say. Saying Talamot Levracha and Shemayn Esrei three times a day on the weekday Shemayn Esreis. However, Kutzlaritz we do not start until December 4th or 5th, depending on the year. And so the plus, of course, Is the fact that Saint Talmud is being recited? However, the flip side, is over the fact that there's a period, a separation between Kali Yisrael now again, where in Yisrael they are saying one thing and Chutzlaritz we are saying something else, but. This is all due to the fact of Avis Yisrael as the recitation starting Zayin Cheshun marks the arrival of the last person living furthest from Yerushalayim Yerakedesh who came to be Eleregel came for Sukkot to be Eleregel and is now returned home, the furthest part possible to reach in Eretz Yisrael, because only if you live in Eretz Yisrael are you chayiv to be a regal, as we know from the story of Yudav and Beseda. So therefore, therefore, the the people be, hold back on saying the same Talmud live Racha until that last Yid arrives home so that they don't get God, God forbid caught up in the rain the quagmire Disturb their, disrupt their travel. This, of course, is a display of Avas Yisrael of the greatest amount. People are waiting for the rains because usually at Yisrael, the summertime, it does not rain, and therefore they daven for the rain. 
they need the rain, they rely on the rain, and till the recitation of the Saint Halamot Levracha, we're not really davening for the rain, even though we say Mashvaruch Merdegeshem. Hence, we need to wait. We wait for the last Yid to be home. Before we begin to daven for the rain, so that they don't get into any kind of problems. And this, of course, is a tremendous display of Avis Israel. And this unite, this in itself unites Klal Israel through world over. Pashas Lechlecha. An interesting name for a parsha. Connotation being, of course, to go. Go out. Go to you, as we used to teach the children, teach in Cheder Lech Lecho, Gei Fadainet Vegen. Which would really mean go for yourself, for your own good. And this ultimately was exactly what the Avish is telling Avraham Avinu, to go out, and he would benefit from his going out. To wherever he was headed. Now, we have a myriad of questions here, which we will soon, one at a time, dissect. Um... Firstly, we take for granted. We learn at the end of the Pasha of, Chum, of the Pasha's Neach, the tremendous Simcha Gedela, the birth of Avram. Tere Shebalpe. the Gemaras, Medrashim, etc. tell us different stories of young Avraham. How he discovered the Evishta, how he discovered godliness, how he discovered the greatness of God. Fast forward. Vayemer Hashem Avraham lech lecha Go forth to your, go forth from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's house, to the land I will show you, says God to Abraham. How old is Abraham at this point? Excuse me, at this point Avraham Avinu is seventy five years old. Today's day and age, 75 is not really old. We have people 75, can have 80, 85 that are still driving cars. Mr. Magoo also drove a car. Um, but they're still driving. Their favorite part of the car is either the brake or the horn, but the car is still being driven. So 75 in today's days and age even is not so old. But for many, 75 is a lifetime. They're not necessarily giving up on life, chas v'shalom. But at 75, they sit and they usually retire, usually go from one anakal to the next anakal to see and to hear, and to shep nachis, one anakal to another, one grandchild to another, one great-grandchild to another. 
that's they occupy the, occupy their time with. Going to simchas, going to weddings, going to bris, going to upshare, going to bar mitzvahs, etc. But you've got a full life by then. Person at seventy-five has a full life. It's only after this full life do we first meet Avram. Do we hear the first thing, the first instruction? The Torah describes a dialogue between the Eibushter between God Almighty and Avram. It doesn't even say like by Neach. Neach says Neach Matzachein Beinei Hashem. Neach found favor in the eyes of, in the eyes of God. It doesn't even say that. It doesn't say that Abraham, Abraham was this, Abraham was that. There's nothing. Abraham was born, and now they have, the Almighty is giving him instructions. And this is our first. This is how he's introduced to us at seventy-five. And what's the command? Leave your homeland. Leave your father's home. Go to the land I will show you. Mind you, we know that Avram now is married. Avram, without a hail at the moment, is married to Sarai. By doing this, by mentioning Avram only at 75 years old, the Torah defines the unique nature of Avram's, who is the first Jew, of course, his relationship with God. And this ultimately distinguishes Avram and the Jewish nation from the rest of civilization. Truth to be told, Anyone is capable of recognizing God. Everyone's capable of doing so. And everyone's capable of committing to worship Him. So then, us as Jews, what makes us unique? The uniqueness of the Jews, however, is the primary relationship that we have with God is not based on our individual discovery of God. Our personal choice (coughs) to attach ourselves to God. But rather, God chose us. We are the chosen people. Similarly, The mitzvah, the commandment that a Jew performs it doesn't only have an effect, the impact on the Jew or the world that it has an impact on but this is this is God's desire and this is what he wanted this is how the Almighty sees and appreciates how the Jew listens, adheres to his will and his command. Therefore, the Tater doesn't find it. a necessary fact to give this background information of Avram to tell us how holy he is how it was to tell us of his good deeds everything that he did that led up to God speaking to him instead the tailor begins the story with Avram's first command go out, go forth Go from your land. <coughs> What's emphasized with this? 
In this, what em- the Torah emphasizes the efforts to develop a meaningful relationship with God are utterly insignificant in comparison with the connection that we forge with God. By the fact that God singled out the Jew, God commanded the Jew, and therefore, in turn, Asher Kiddishonu Mitzvah, his mitzvah, his commandments, the lotion of mitzvah is tzavsa v'chibur, says the Zayhar. Not just an accomplishment, not just a deed, rather it forges an actual connection with God. So now let us examine actually this command. This first command, go forth from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I don't know about you, but I can tell you, vast majority today, use Waze, Google Maps, GPS, or whatever other method they have on their smartphones or in their cars, installed in their cars, to get from point A to B. Why? Even in the olden days, before all this technology, You took out a paper map and you marked off. I'm starting here and I'm going to here. My journey is from point A to point B. And in that map, you marked off how you're going to get from point A to point B. You marked off this highway and this highway and you ran it with your pen before your car ran that road. And you knew exactly how you were getting from point A to point B. No one gets in their car, not today, not yesterday, not 20, 30, 50 years ago, to just drive with no mission, with no forwarding address. It just does not happen. A person needs to know, where am I going? Where am I heading? What is my ultimate destination? How am I getting there? And what, of course, is my best route? Here, in turn, the Almighty tells Avram, I want you to leave your home, father's home, your birthplace, everything and everyone and everywhere that you were till now, and go. I'll show you. Go. Why do we care? Isn't it superfluous to know that he's leaving his house? Where he's going out of? Why is the tailor giving this whole thing? On the other hand, It would have helped to know where he's going. He can prepare for the journey. Do I need two gallons of water? Or do I need a bucket of water? 
Do I need a sandwich? Do I need a loaf of bread? He was told none. Told neither. Just told to go. He knew what he was le- where he was leaving from, but where he was going was a, a total mystery. <coughs> and Avram did not question. Avram Avinu implicitly followed instructions. Exactly what God had told him to do. Relying at this point in time for God to map out directions for a Jew's ultimate destination in his divine service. It's a journey of many steps. And we're telling and we're asking the person to transcend all his personal constraints. His motives. just to leave everything behind. Whoops. To leave everything behind and to go, to move ahead. God defines each step. Go forth from your land. Me'artzecho. What is implied by Me'artzecho? Land represents nature. The nature of a person. So the first command means abandon everything. Your references that you're inclined towards your very nature. That's me'artzecha, from your own ground, your own land. Me'ladetecha, your birthplace. The environment you live in shapes your habits and your lifestyle. So therefore the second step demands that you transcend your lifestyle that's been influencing you by your surroundings until now. Rise above it and move ahead. Base of Icha, your father's house. Education comes from the home. The education that you got from the parents, from your parents, from their household. This command tells you that in order for you to reach the promised land, your devotion to God needs to supersede your academic sophistication and intellectual achievements. You need to rise above it all. <coughs> you can't remain within the limitations of your education, of the knowledge that you were given, but you need to rise above it so that you can ultimately connect and reach to the promised land of God. And finally, where are you going, Eloritz Asherareko? To the land that I will show you. 
to a person who devotes himself unconditionally to God, surrendering any personal preferences, no calculations, no biases, destination is entirely irrelevant. His readiness to fulfill whatever God wills is always the same. Regardless of his particulars, that's not big enough. You need something else on bigger. No, it's just the corners, but... Okay. Tonight, Rabbi Sai, November 11th, marks 78 years of Kristallnacht. A night that that brings memories, nightmares to anyone. The mere sound of the word Kristallnacht sends a shiver down one's spine. The Jews were living very complacently in Germany. The Jews not only were living complacently, they were living in an assimilated fashion. Assimilation was rampant. Intermarriage was at all time. All time high. They were building shuls to look like churches so that they could blend in. Losing the Hasidic garb, etc. They went now to their Artsakha. They lived their Mailadatakha. <laughs> they prided themselves base of Yicho. With their education with their sophistication, their supposed etiquette, Kristallnacht, the crashing of the glass, the breaking and destruction of Jewish property, the demolition of homes, telling Jews, you're no longer welcome, you probably never were welcome. You no longer wanted here. You probably never were wanted here. We let you blend in. Whether it be because of your monies. Whether it be because of your ideas. Of your inventions. Of your business. Whatever it was. The Jews became very, very comfortable and forgot who they were, lost their identities. As we spoke in the beginning, 75 years of Ramavino, 75 years sounds so significant. But 75 years of Avraham Avinu's life we know nothing of. This command to Avraham Avinu is only at 75 years of age. So tonight we mark 78 years. Like yesterday. 
there are far and few between that are left that still hear the breaking of that glass that still wake up in the middle of the night shaking because of the crashing of Kristallnacht the Navi tells us the Navi shaved him then when Gilead went to war he had a very very small army what was his secret he took Shefres trumpets or the Shefer actually the ram horns he took jugs and he took torches He only had 300 men with him. And the way they were tested, one of the things they needed to do was to go down to the river and drink water. And he saw there who bowed and who brought the water to their mouths. And thereby deciphering Who never served, God forbid, Avedizara? Who was God fearing? This is a big test. This is a big thing. And therefore, it was via this test that he took his 300 soldiers and what was their goal? What was their mission? To chase away the enemy, not to battle the enemy, not to go head in head, not to go hand in hand. To chase away their enemies. And how was this? Again, the jugs, the crashing of the jugs in the middle of the night, the blowing of the shafras, causing havoc. They threw fear into the enemy, they started to run in circles, started to kill each other. Like a shark in a pool of blood. Imagine then, my friends, 78 short years ago, when th- stones were thrown through the, rock, through the windows of the shopkeepers, of the Jewish shopkeepers, through the windows of the Jewish houses, that crashing of the glass, the fear it threw upon the children, the men, the women, Ultimately, Rahman al-Islam bringing about the beginning of the end of six million souls. <coughs> this we are told, Lech Lecha Go out of that. Don't look around you and give in, God forbid, to peer pressure. Don't look around you. Today, unfortunately, for those people that tend to go to sleep at night, and they went to sleep last night, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, when they woke up, they did not know who the president-elect is. And I don't, I shudder to think, God forbid, if even one Jew even one Jew prior to saying Maidani went to see or ask who is the new president before that holy prayer of Maidani the Fanecha how many people 
before watching even Negalasa. Just glanced at their smartphones to see a headline to find out who who is now the president. This is not our Kavana. Our Kavana needs to be when we wake up in the morning, the first thing. That you've given us our soul. You returned our soul to us. That is what the first thing a Jew needs to do. Whether presidents were elected the night before, or any other monumental action, whether it have been the World Series, or the playoffs, or the Super Toilet Bowl, or whatever it might have been. What the Jew needs to know that every morning their day starts, made the Ani Lefanecha. We don't need Chasashalim, a Kristallnacht again, to remind us who we are and what we stand for. Someone now took it to a different level. They said 9-11, America was shattered. Many people lost their lives. Innocent, special, special people. And 11-9, America has regained its glory. Where they received a president that once again can make America great again. Obviously, it's not the proper Hebrew date for the Kristallnacht. But November 9th will always be remembered as Kristallnacht. Not the day that President-elect Donald Trump was elected on this crazy, crazy race. And this is something we need to always remember. Lech lecha me'artzacha me'ladatcha Get out of it. <clears throat> Don't dwell on it. When we learn Chumash, <coughs> many of our shiurim, we look at a Rashi. And we listen to Rashi's explanation Rashi's beautiful, eloquent way of explaining in the least possible words. But in those least possible words, he enlightens the Ben Chamesh the Mikra. That child that started learning Chumash. And as he starts learning Chumash, he has his question, what does this Pasuk mean? What does this Pasuk tell me? Why is this Pasuk worded this way? And Rashi, the champion of the Ben Chamesh the Mikra, is there to save and to help him. <coughs> Several hundred years ago, there was a, a, yid, a Jew named Rabbi Yitzchak in Morocco, not Morocco, in... Um, Actually, probably. And 20 years, unfortunately, he and his wife were not blessed with any children. 20 years, it's a very long time, Rahman But lo and behold, after 20 years, 
no matter what they tried, no matter how many mitzvahs they did, how specially did the mitzvahs. After 20 years, they were graced with a little boy. And as the bris was to take place, one mo- the morning of the eighth day, everyone was getting antsy and edgy, and the host kept saying, Savlanut, Savlanut, take it easy, another few minutes, another few minutes. Until finally, a man walked into the shul that looked like he was coming to collect tzedakah. Torn clothing. With his walking cane. At this point, Yitzchak turned and said, Ah, now we are ready. Let us begin the bris and if Yitzchak took this man this disheveled man brought him to the center of the shul sat him down on the chair of the sandak the man that holds the baby during the bris an honor given either to the father which belongs to the father, rightfully, or the father can accord this to somebody prestigious that he'd like to honor. I really don't think it's fair that I have to compete with competition in my own house. And so, he sat this old man down, honoring him as Sandik. And the bris took place, and the baby's name was Shloyme. Shlomo. And the man that was Sandik stood up and said, as the name Shlomo was chosen, the Shlomo that we know in history is Shloyme HaMelech, who is blessed to be the smartest person of the world, so too, this child will be imbued with wisdom and will teach the Jews of the nation, of the generation. Well, needless to say, people are very antsy to find out who is this man. And after the short little meal that they had, the meager meal, Yitzchok told the story. For many years, my wife and I lived borderline poverty. We had a one-room house, a churban, and unfortunately many nights we went to sleep hungry. What bothered us really was that we were not blessed with children of Son. We davened obviously. We did any kind of mitzvahs that could possibly bring results for a child. But the blessing was yet to come. One day, I was wandering aimlessly in the field and I saw something shining something glimmering in the ground. And I bent down, and it was a beautiful stone. I cleaned it off, and I went to the local jeweler. To inquire how much is the value, what's the value of this beautiful stone? Well, much to my surprise, I found out that indeed this was a diamond 
indeed this was a very very precious and rare diamond and was worth a veritable fortune well I ran home and told my wife what a tremendous brach we just had and we decided we're going to sell it as soon as possible we don't have a safe it's not safe to keep this in our house we'll sell it as soon as possible and distribute a good portion of the money to Tzedakah I went out to see maybe I find a buyer And as soon as I left, shortly after the jeweler came in with a bag of gold coins, a small fortune. He poured it out onto the table and told my wife, This is for the gem. Wow. Her eyes were popping out. She was so excited. What a, what a miracle. But, he couldn't hold himself in. And before she could give him the diamond, he said, Oh, the Galach, the priest, is going to be so happy with this stone. Because the big idol in the church, the Tumah, this would be ideal for the eye of the, the idol. <laughs> Imagine the shock that this woman had when she heard this. She said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get rich because of Aravedi Zara. That's not happening. It's not on. Take your money and Zaygizund. Jewish he was shocked but he understood if he doesn't want she doesn't want she doesn't want and they were all very happy decision was made But, a few days later, a knock on the door, and one of the local dukes came and offered a job. He said, listen, I need to travel overseas, and I have a lot of Jewish clientele. I don't talk your language, and I don't walk your walk. I don't look like you. So the Jewish clientele are not going to be very susceptible to my offers. I'd like to hire you to come along with me and you'll do the sales for me. No. <laughs> I even paid some money in advance. of course I took the offer next day I packed my bag my thousand villain and we were off to sail once we were deep at sea the duke came over to me and he had a bigger bag of coins gold coins than the jeweler had and he said I want the diamond I want, I need to donate this diamond to the church. And you have to understand, he says to him, I'm being very nice to you. Because I know you have it on you. And I'm here with my people. I could just take it and throw you overboard. Nobody will ever know better. But I'm not doing that. I'm willing to pay for it. Kesef Molly.
Well, Shlomo realized, Rabbi Yitzchak realized he was in a pickle. And he took out the diamond out of his pocket and he started to hold it high above his head and he says, wow, you know something? It's a special diamond. It's gorgeous. Look how the sun shines through it. Look at the rays it gives off. Look at the reflection it gives. Ah, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm amazed. And look, 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 how much money it's giving me. I'll be rich for life. And as I was talking, I said, thank you, Diamond, for bringing this miraculous Savior to my home. And I kissed the diamond. <coughs> and as I kissed the diamond, I slipped on the deck, and accidentally the diamond went flying out of my hand into the ocean. Needless to say, I jumped up onto the rail and I started to scream and to cry and to wail and to bemoan my misfortune. And I cried so hard that the pirates actually thought it was real. And he came over and he put his hands on my shoulder and said, don't worry, you'll be fine, don't worry. And Yitzchak says, inside though, I was so happy that I did not, God forbid, get involved, become a partner in this Avedizara. At that moment, everything became quiet, became silent. I heard nothing. I heard a basco. A voice, an echo, came from heaven and said, Smach, Rejoice. You lost your riches. You threw away your riches, obviously, to avoid Avedizara. You'll have a sun that will illuminate Teda just like this precious gem. And a year later, we were blessed with this baby boy. And the night that she gave birth, I had a dream. A Jew with a holy white beard, or a holy Jew with a white beard, appeared to me and said, Ask whatever you want for this child. Any blessing you want, it'll be given. Riches, long life, Chachma. I immediately jumped and said, Chachma, wisdom. Wisdom, that's what I want for my child. And the old man smiled and said, Because you asked for Chachma, for wisdom, as did Shleimah HaMelech, your son should be called Shleimah. And he will enlighten the Jewish people. That was the man, and he said, and the day of the bris, wait for me. I want to be his sandik. And that was therefore the man we waited for until he showed up here so that I can honor him with being the sandik of my child Shlomo. Shlomo, the son of Yitzchak, or more formally known as Shlomo Yitzchaki. Reb Shlomo Yitzchaki with the acronym of the name Rashi we won't continue any more stories Rashi just want to go quickly Uben Shemayin Etzim Yimelechem Kol Zachel Adele Seichem 
as comes the end of the Parsha and Avram Avinu's bris, his circumcision, and he is told that all male, at the age of eight days, every male among you shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A bris as a covenant. When two parties enter into a covenant, to remain devoted to each other unconditionally, even if something comes up in the eventuality that's not so pleasant for one the other, and they lose favor in one another's eyes, I mean, after all, human beings are inherently limited and they're constantly changing. But the treaties, the covenants, are not guaranteed to last forever. But the covenant of Bris Mila, the circumcision is different. When it comes to Bismillah, God says, <coughs> My covenant is Brisi Itcho Bisarcha. My covenant should be with you in your flesh everlasting. Meaning that through the Bismillah, the Jew, the Jew enters into an everlasting covenant with the eternal God. This therefore explains why we perform the Bismillah on an eight-day-old baby. The baby is too young to actively participate or contribute toward the entering of the covenant. And obviously, the act of the Bismillah is performed by a man. The entering of the covenant is performed by God Himself. Because the eternal covenant of Bismillah does not require and not can be, it cannot be achieved through human input. But the age and readiness of the one being circumcised is irrelevant. So when the first opportunity to be entered into the covenant arises, arrives, the baby is eight days old strong enough to endure the bris, why should somebody wait? Of course, they need to immediately enter the child into this wonderful mitzvah, into this lifelong covenant between the person, the child, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem Baruch And I must tell you, Ibris is not a simple fact that we're just talking about Ibris, a nice meal. Ibris is something that needs to be done by a proper moil. Ibris is something that needs to be done with the proper laws that are involved with Bris Mila. Shalom. <coughs> A child at eight days old was not merited to a bris milah, did not have the schus of having a bris milah. They should not tardy. They should not go another day without the bris milah. Whether they're 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years old, it's not relevant. There are mayalim that actually do and perform these milahs. It's a mitzvah incumbent on every man, every Jewish man, born to a Jewish woman. And please understand, an example, the Karben Pesach, which in a few months around, don't say it to the women, Pesach is around the corner, in a few short months around will be merit to be in Yerushalayim, Yerakedish, 
And there we will bring the carbon Pesach. Carbon Pesach Chol Orol Leyechobe. A person that's not circumcised may not eat from it. So it's time to take care of that now. If you know of a man or if there's a man that does not have or if you are a man that is not zeichet to have had a bris until now, see to it, contact a local Chabad, a local rabbi, a local mohel, and see to it that you get your bris as quickly as possible so that when we are in Yerushalayim Erakedish, with the Mashiach Tzidkenu, you too will be able to eat from the Karbanais and be able to stand before Hashem Almighty, as will be this very Shabbos, Vayedo, Elav Hashem, the Almighty appears to him, so too he will appear before all of us, as Mashiach will lead us out of Golis, this very Shabbos, Yerushalayim, Yerakedish, Shabbat Shalom to all.